Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a church that desires to live, speak, and serve as the very presence of Jesus in the Harrisburg region. Sermon B-Sides is designed to be a resource to help us deepen the conversation about this week's sermon and answer questions that may be helpful to accomplish our purpose. Hey guys, welcome to another B-Side podcast. My name is John Robinson. I serve as one of the pastors here at Liberty Church in Harris, Pennsylvania, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I almost got it out. Which which town? Which town? We, we've talked Harris, lots of Bergs this morning. Harrison. Harris, yeah. Hair somewhere. somewhere. Camp Hill, like Pennsylvania. There you go. Camp Hill. It's easier. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Uh, my name is Matt Leloyan. I serve as one of the pastors at Liberty Church in Harrisburg as well. Uh, and joining us today, Steve Huber, director of the Liberty Network, uh, longtime pastor of Liberty Church of the River Wards and pastor to pastors of our uh, of our communion of churches. Uh, Arch, Archbishop Cardinal, Cardinal Huber has joined. That's right. What's up, Steve? Morning, Steve. Good morning, brothers. Good to be with you guys today. It was really yeah, a joy to, to be there yesterday in Harrisburg. Yeah, thanks so much for, for coming out yesterday. Thanks for taking a cheap shot at Wormleysburg and my original apartment that Shay and I lived in when we first hey, moved. Hey, first that, moved to the area. <laughs> I, that joke only made it. That was only in the early service, but I love oh, Wormleysburg. Yeah. I love to say Wormleysburg. And the, what we referenced was... Matt reminded me a month ago, that was your first apartment when you moved in the area 10 years ago, yeah. uh, September, September of 2011. And they had made the stairs, they had divided the stairs in two. So I didn't fit, like my shoulders didn't fit going up. I think people <laughs> thought I was exaggerating that I didn't fit, but I really didn't no. fit. No, it, it was, was uh, no, no exaggeration. We, we, uh, we had to uh, bend our mattress around the, the corner to get it up that staircase, and we could not get our box spring up there. So our box spring stayed on the other floor. We had two box springs <laughs> under our actual bed, and then just a mattress on like a makeshift box spring up in that little loft room where, where guests like Steve would stay when he would come hang yeah. out with us. That, that was an amazing apartment. It was uh, my theory was that it wasn't actually designed for humans in Middle Earth, the race of men, <laughs> but for hobbits and other smaller creatures of was it Middle the, Earth. I think that was the original design for the that, apartment. That circular door kind of tipped tipped it off too. I mean, it was built, <laughs> built into the side of a hill. Well, it well, did. Well, the, welcome to the Shire. <laughs> it did. I mean. Shay and I functionally are hobbits, so we, I mean, we... Hey, I, I wasn't trying to go there. I wasn't trying to go there. <laughs> Both of you are better speak. athletes than me. I, uh, <laughs> hobbits are very spry. Uh, uh, that's awesome. No, oh, man, it was, it was, it was really good to, good to have you out yesterday. Yeah. And um, man, I mean, the people that maybe haven't been around Liberty for as long as, as others, um, you, you know, you'd be a, a newer face maybe to some, familiar face certainly, um, you know, Back in January when we, we did the combined service and we had you on on the video screen that day, but um, yeah, for anybody that's newer to Liberty, Steve Steve has uh, spent many a Sunday either um, in his car or on the Amtrak out from Philly to Harrisburg to uh, to serve us well and preach for us, and uh, we're grateful to have you out and doing that again yesterday. So thanks for taking that time. Yeah, glad to do it. Yeah, a little known fact actually. Our first service time was built around the Amtrak schedule. That's true. So that's why, why we, had, we had 1030 services. 
Ten thirty. It wasn't. It wasn't ten a.m. It was ten thirty because uh, the uh, the Sunday morning Amtrak schedule with ten o'clock would not have not have worked. We had a couple. Yeah, that, a couple it was calls. such a win to be able to just like relax on the uh, on the train and work and pray and think about it. I actually uh, totaled a car and uh, they had a little mini fracture in my ankle one year coming back from Harrisburg. I forgot oh, about gosh. that. Yeah, that, that was, was in two thousand ten. That was right before you came. Yeah, um, that was part of the that was part so, of the story too. It was like, let's not repeat that. Let's just do the damn track. Well, I always I always think about like, you know, how it is preaching. You you pour it all out by God's grace. Yesterday I had a lot of energy, and then you crash. You're really tired on the way back. And I I was I was fine. I was alert that last time. It was actually going to be early for a four p.m. service. That wasn't the problem. I, uh, um, but. Yes, I always think about that when let's put it this way. I always think about it when I drive back from uh, Harrisburg. So I had like an extra uh, cold brew coffee on the way back just so that I was on top of my game on the uh, in the video game that is the PA Turnpike and then especially the <laughs> Schuylkill Expressway in Philadelphia. It's, um, you know, pastoral PTSD, man. It comes in all shapes and forms. It comes, yes. it comes on the comes on the road as well yes. as, as well as from other things. So there you go. There you go. There you go. Christine and I were both wearing one of those NASCAR foam neck braces, face <laughs> helmets, just when we drive back from Harrisburg. That's the only time that we do that. That's right. That's right. Well, hey, Steve, you um, you preached on Acts chapter thirteen yesterday, and uh, so let's let's get into some of that because it was a that's a big chapter. It's a lot going on. Correct. Uh, and so, kind of the four things that you uh, you kind of walked us through uh, to kind of you know pull from Acts chapter 13 um, is that, you know, we're entering into a story, right? Um, and the story uh, is a continuing story, right? It's a story that we discern together. And, uh, and it's a story that would, that comes with both celebrations and setbacks, right? Right. Yes. Um, and kind of just launching out of those first uh, three verses of, uh, of the beginning of 13. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean we've we've mentioned hobbits, but like you, uh, I love the way that you're you're able to even just kind of that that entering into like a paradigm, like you're 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 stepping into a story. You're coming at, you're coming out of the hobbit hole, you know. You're going into the matrix. You're uh, you know we've got this we've got this worldview that we've we've embraced. Like as as you've as you were thinking about that for you, um, yeah, man. Like tell us tell us a little bit about like entering into this story, how that's been difficult, where you've seen some of those. Um, some some of those transitions from people who have who have gone from one story to another story, um, right? Well, a, a couple thoughts. I w- wanted to set it up that way. I think that asking that question, "What story are you living in?" is helpful, mm-hmm. precisely because it's not a normal way to talk. Yeah. The most dangerous stories are one the ones we assume mm-hmm. and never examine. Like, hey, the American, like, for instance, hey, the purpose of life is the American dream and to be happy and have fun and buy stuff. And that's, that's a uh, brief, that's a brief story, but if it's never examined. Mm -hmm. So uh, the danger of saying story is it sounds like it can just be made up. But I was trying to take a step back and there's been, you know, other people who are commenting on this, shaping that. Uh, discussion. A guy named um, 
James Bryan Smith wrote a book called The Magnificent Story. Um, mm. uh, from a Christian perspective, I haven't read the whole thing, but there's I have some amazing quotes from it. Mm. And just that idea of what story are you living in? And the gospel is, the claim is it's a true story. And that's why the historical details are, are there. And you really can enter in. There's, you can become a part of it. Um, God enters your life in a new way and you enter what God's doing in the world in a new way. I love, I love how that's framed Steve too. be in, um, in a conversational way that can open up dialogue with people in language that I think most people have a category for. I think theologically, you know, we would say everyone's a worshiper, everyone devotes themselves to something, but a lot of people we cross paths with don't use the language of worshiper devotion, um, you know, believer, unbeliever, like we don't, I mean, some people do certainly people with religious backgrounds would have, you could maybe hook into that, but, but this idea of even getting to, to recognize as an image bearer of God, everyone is living in some story. We, we are all trying to nail down the events and things of life into some coherent meaning. Even if, even if our underlying conviction is that there is none, I think you were talking to that well yesterday. Right. So I, I love that. It's, I think it's a great way to frame that question conversationally for us as we're trying to, to meet friends and neighbors and coworkers, not knowing where they're coming from or what their background is, but that we can, we can ask, you know, we can talk about story. We can ask about um, what kind of gives direction to their, to their lives. Do they see, do they see life as going somewhere or being, do they see themselves as part of some grander narrative or story? And it, that would have a, probably an easier connection to them than, than using words like worshiper or something like that. For, for sure. I think, you know, I'll throw this out. This might be a helpful discussion for the, uh, the studies this week, uh, different groups, but one easy handle is just to ask people, what do you think life's about? Hmm. Yeah. yeah. For you, like, what is life about? What are you most, um, that's one way to say, Hey, what is your story? What story mm-hmm. are you living out of? What are your uh, ultimate goals? for life. Um, and you'll get into some of, you know, the exact stuff you're talking about. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Cause yeah, that's, I mean, that's really where, you know, when we think about, we think, think about being missional, think about having conversations with people. It's helpful for us to understand initially what we're, what we're working with, how they're, how they're processing through life, because that so much frames how they see both themselves and other people and God. Like, you know, that's, this, this is, this is baseline kind of conversations um, about like yes. how they view and what we would call it is it's a worldview, how they view the world and themselves um, in that world. And so that's good, man. I really, I really appreciated that. Hmm. Um, I'd yeah. love to hear Steve too. Sorry to just to jump in there. I, um, I think, you know, of course the gospel is a story to continue that second point. We'll get to see that, you know, in an ongoing way. That's really, you know, we see that a lot in Acts. We see just these different unfolding, um, you know, um, moments of continuation of the of the gospel story. Um, that third point, Steve, I really, there was a lot in there that I really thought was intriguing and resonated with me and would love to hear more about, you yeah. know, the, the gospel as a story we discern together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, I even, I even appreciate that you use the word discern there um, in that, I often associate the word discern um, more with like a, like a, a, a purity of doctrine, a purity of theology. Like, do we have discernment to know truth from error? 
Um, or do we have discernment in like a counseling setting where we can like pinpoint what's the issue going on with a, with a person in their life, you know, pastorally. Um, but really that we're discerning the, the work of the Holy Spirit, I think is, is the story that the discernment that we see there in Acts 13. Um, so you talked about this a little bit yesterday, but what would, you, what would be some maybe good jumping off points for Bible study groups to talk about this week? What, what it looks like to discern the leading of the Holy Spirit in our individual lives, but then together as a community. Yeah, that's great. I'll, that's a great question. And let me just comment on something you touched lightly on that the, hey, doesn't, I'll throw this out there. Doesn't Acts show us that the Church of Jesus Christ has a mission and doing theology, the practice of theology, apart from the mission of the church is actually, it's sometimes it can be the, you know, I, I am all for doc, doctrinal historical orthodoxy, but it needs to be framed um, in the context, needs to relate to mission, which is part of the mission, the mission of the church. You know, I, I'm simply saying like, when the church forgets its mission, several things can happen. We can kickbox, have these intramural debates, which might be kind of fascinating in our sliver of a tiny church stream, church history stream, but we miss the, the overall mission of the church, the big things that we have Jesus uh, calling us to on record, mm-hmm. and um, yes, the leading of the Spirit. So what was fascinating to me about this is that, you know, and obviously, like in our theological stream, Reformed guys love Paul. I love Paul. I love his personality. And how it comes out is uh, his passion. Um, what's I think sometimes missed in an emphasis on Paul is that he was surrounded by a spirit and dwelt community. Yeah. And you see that throughout Acts. And it says a lot. It, it demonstrates how we approach discernment. Even when he gets the vision to go to um, the person from Macedonia calling for help, Luke mm-hmm. records, and then we decided to do this. Yeah. He wasn't like, hey, guys, I had the vision. This is what it is. He said, we, there is a we in there. So and it, wasn't like, it, it wasn't like Robert Duvall and the Apostle. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that movie. That's a throwback. That's a throwback uh, reference wow. there. But yeah. Yeah. So Robert Duvall, and the, it's one of my favorite like jokes to make because um, uh, there are errors to make. He baptizes himself again. Yeah. It's all self-conferred. And this is like the leadership team. Hey, I provide some leadership team for the network, for instance. I provide some leadership to that team, but um, function as a team and accountable to other pastors. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's an important dynamic, that we dynamic. So here's, here's, what, here's what I would throw out. There needs to be a we in how we discern where God is leading us. Hmm to who he's leading us to love and serve and the, our prayers and dreams as a church. And there is a personal dimension that too, but uh, as Westerners and the hyper individualism of our culture, we think more terms about me, my mission, my goals, and less as a collective as part of a body. Mm. And so let's put that we in there. Hey, I need the insights, the balance of others. Yeah. Certainly my gifts, passions, dreams, uh, weaknesses are factored in, but um, yeah, I would, you know, for most of our context, let's, 
that might be a helpful thing for studies to talk about. How do we uh, discern the leading of the spirit? And for Harrisburg, how could, you know, elders and deacons and, and people of faith and prayer, how could we um, as Liberty Harrisburg uh, dream together, pray together, Mm-hmm. What, what are the goals we sense? What is God doing amongst us? Mm-hmm. What are the prayers that, that God is already answering? And where is God leading us? Yeah, that so much even ties back into like that second point, right? A story that continues that it is the church. It's the church that's doing these things together. It is the spirit's work in the church to continue the mission of God, right? That we're, that we're on. And so like, even as churches, like how we think about planting and strengthening churches, mercy ministries, different aspects of, um, you know, worship community and mercy, we're seeing that as something that we're discerning together and we're moving forward together. Because we, to, to have someone go just completely rogue and go off on their own um, yeah, is not helpful. And like, why isn't that being confirmed and, and affirmed in the, uh, yes, in the, in the, the greater body of Christ in that, especially in those local expressions. Yes, I I think too. There's a we there when uh, a lot of times we think about the mission of the church, in as in the mission of the local church, which there's a true and right application of that. Hmm. But think about the wider church, and especially the thrust of this text. Uh, Jesus has a bride that is scattered throughout the ages and around the world and is around you in central Pennsylvania. And so like, as we think about the mission, I would, I would ask you humbly in the Lord to consider, you know, I mentioned, this is how I said it in the second service. Hey, I love driving across the Pennsylvania. I love to have a, sometimes the highway is elevated. You get a little glimpse on route 80 or on the turnpike of these little towns. And you know what? A a lot of these towns have churches with 30 older saints, people who love Jesus, and who just wonder why their Sunday school wing is empty. Mm. And is there opportunity is, hey, we, do we believe that Jesus wants to save more people? Do we believe that God would be honored by us crying out to him? Uh, Father, you want to glorify your son as Savior. Jesus, you want to glorify the Father. You want to give eternal life to all to whom the Father has given you. You want to do more. We know you're into saving people. Would you do that in our day, in our generation? And could we cry out to the Lord for Central Pennsylvania? Um, That's part of the discernment, the need, you know? And there's just a lot of towns where there's not much gospel presence where more churches have closed or declined than have opened. And um, uh, is that not part of, uh, could that not be part of Liberty Harrisburg discerning their vision where the spirit could lead Liberty Harrisburg and in light of some of the good things? I mean, the fact that, you know, 10, 10 pastors showed up two days ago on Saturday um, May 1st and we're trained to plant and replant. That's, that's bananas. That's great. Such, such good news. It seems like to me, you know, humbly saying this, but it seems like God's doing something there. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, I mean, that, um, yeah, I think that's often in my own life, I, I'm thinking about discerning the spirits leading in a more individualistic kind of way. Like what's God's will for my life today? What's God's, you know, in, in certain moments of life in the past, what's, you know, what's, what's, what vocation should I do? And, you know, is Shay the right person to marry, you know, back when we were dating and like that, it's more of this individualistic approach to even, even if it was done together in community, the aim of the discernment was, was personal. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, you know, there, there's a place for that. We're going to wrestle through those questions. We need community around us in discernment and those things certainly, but um, are we seeking the spirit's wisdom and leading for mission, which is clearly what the Holy spirit is doing throughout the book of acts, throughout the history of the church into the present day, the spirit is empowering Jesus's church. As you said, John, to advance God's mission. That's what we've been. That's like this yeah. you know, theme of acts that we keep saying over and over again. Um, so to, to really seek the spirit's dis- leading and guidance for specifically how to participate in God's mission. Um, where, where is he at work? around us, give us eyes that are open and ears that are open and attentive to, mm-hmm. to what he's doing in the hearts of people and to know, yeah, I, I should, um, I should spend time with that person today. We should, we should, as a you know group of people go, um, go here or go there. And yeah, I think that's, that's really good. Yeah. And then like, no, that's solid. Did, could I just jump in there real quick? It, and one way to ask this is who's the appropriate we for this area of the Sure. Uh, you know? So like you gave like, hey, who to marry, you know, hey, to your friend closest, uh, uh, the two of you are like, hey, we think this is right. Do you, do your guys and wildly friends say like, hey, we're, we're seeing what you're seeing. That is, you know, she is awesome. Um, he is, you know, he, this is clearly wise for you as a church. Maybe the we is uh, your leadership and some other leaders of other churches in that region, as you cry out together, you know, a fuller, a fuller, we, maybe it's some of those Acts 29 guys and other people who, uh, it seems like God um, has gifted and called to serve the wider church or ha- who have a heart for church planning or could have a heart for church planning, or at least strengthening or replanting some churches that are in decline. Um it would be exciting to get those those folks together and pray too. So we should avoid like polls on Twitter and Facebook to discern what God's will is. is that what you're saying <laughs> that's just as a general principle. That is as safe yeah, okay. as a rule. Yeah. That, that sounds like some discernment right there. John. I will, I will come down and just be like, "Yes, I affirm that." We, can, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. good, man. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Steve, you kind of closed out yesterday with, with um, I think, a good reminder for us because it's not something that we, I think we react to more than we um, prepare ourselves for. But, like, it's a story with both celebrations and setbacks, right? We're going to have opposition. God's going to be saving some people. Um, God is on mission. He's going to continue to do what he's doing. But it doesn't come without its, uh, without setbacks, without trouble. And so, like, yeah, walk us through that a little bit. Yeah, uh, how you've seen that functionally work itself out, and what kind of encouragement you can give people. I'm trying to be biblically countercultural there because Americans have an idea: if you do it right, it's a success; it just goes gloriously. Mm-hmm. Like I, um, you know, if you if you do it right, no one makes any mistakes. No one's weak. You don't have to discipline any leaders. 
no one's, you know, no one's sad, nothing freaks out. And when actually in the times of, as a church history guy too, and obviously a, a Bible student, we see in times of even renewal, there's uh, setbacks and even some disagreements. Paul and Barnabas like part ways, then later hug it out. Paul, hey, people are like, let's go back to the early church. Yeah, let's go back to the early church. And there's some messed up churches and they had to be straightened out. And Paul's like, hey, this is how you discipline an elder when you need to do that. And so let's just steal ourselves for to deal, uh, to not have uh, unrealistic expectations, but faith and actually actually believe it's still glorious. It's worth it. There will be some setbacks. There will be some things we try that uh, or churches we plant that don't make it. But actually, God will sanctify us through that. And in that, he's still leading. Uh, he calls us in Ephesians 6. You know, we're called to stand. Hey, let's stand mm. uh, in our mission. Stand is used four times in Ephesians mm. 6. Mm. We want to stand strong and continue to bear free, fruit and just not get um, just not get knocked down in the way where we're like, hey, well, we're never going to do that again. You know, yeah. there was a, I've seen a couple uh, church networks. They have one uh, church plant go wrong and they're just like, hey, we're just never we're just not going to do that anymore. And uh, I, I don't, I think that's a bad move. <laughs> I was trying to find a delicate way to do that, but just so you can't, that's a, that's the wrong way to react. Hey, let's learn from the things that don't go well, but actually continue to follow God's call. And uh, doesn't that sound like being a Paul, like, Hey, you get thrown out of one city, knock the dirt off you and go to the next, you know, <laughs> it sounds like a, Hey, I want to imitate that guy. And he has hope. He's not like, hey, it didn't hurt. Uh, it did hurt. It's like, I don't like to get stoned, whipped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to try to escape. I don't want to make mistakes. But when it does happen, he's like, uh, I'm still called. God's still at work. God still loves me. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe this is, too, reflecting on some just personal struggles, too. Like, I, th- I think I saw that in myself in the early years. So, that now this summer will be uh, 19 years in mm-hmm. that sort of the unstated expectation that if we do this right, we won't have this drama. And if we have mm-hmm. some kind of drama, we must be doing it wrong. Well, we can always do it wiser, but also let's just have biblical expectations. And particularly as Americans, um, we have sort of success. We have a very specific idea of success. And mm-hmm. actually I think sometimes pastors or Christians are, tempted to paint pictures that aren't real or actually biblical or have mm-hmm. biblical expectations of life and ministry. Um, you know what? I want to be a, I want to be like a 1970s uh, Philadelphia flyer hockey player. I got some teeth knocked out, but I'm still smiling. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, I got some teeth knocked out. I'm still smiling and I'm still, Jesus is still King and the tomb's still empty. You know, (laughs) that's good, man. That's good. Gritty though. Gritty is gritty a spiritual force of good or spiritual force of evil. I I think think we've got multiple podcasts on gritty. (laughs) We're going to do a deep dive. Talk about the history of gritty, the leadership (laughs) ethos of gritty. We can go deep there. Oh man. No, man, that's, that's well said. And, um, 
yeah, I think there's a, you know, there, I mean, I speaking for myself, the fear of, of like, what if this goes wrong? Um, you know, how do we, how do we find our way through if we end up hitting some of these obstacles Can we just be wiser than people that have gone before and avoid them. And, you know, 10 years has shown me clearly like, Nope, that's not, that's not it. Or at least if it's going to be, it's not going to be me that, that does it that way. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to avoid those same, sure. those same things. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. And we talked about Steve, I think this was when we were together a couple of weeks back. Um, you know, and it's, it's for like those, those setbacks, um, they don't, they don't deter the mission of God. Um, mission of God's going to keep going, but it's like, man, like looking at that from like the sanctification of the individual and the sanctification of the church, right. Um, that we're going to grow like, um, in the same way that like a pastor is both shaped by his congregation and helps shape his congregation spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, those experiences also are for the, the ongoing good and sanctified sanctifying work of, of God in the individuals in which, you know, yeah, it, it, Yes, church may have to shut down, but maybe that individual needed to learn something. Maybe that church needed to learn something. Maybe sure. those people, like it's, um, you had to be able to kind of see that and celebrate what God's doing. Because I mean, it kind of comes back to even verse forty-eight, right? You kind of dropped that on us yesterday, real hard. Um, that you know, when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorifying the the word of the Lord. Uh, as many who were appointed to eternal life believed and that like God's doing his work. Like there's not, there's not one person who is um, elected and loved and pre, you know, predestined by God for salvation that will not receive salvation. Yes. Right? And yes, so like yes. believing that and that we get to be a part of that is, you know, it's, it's just, it's such a good reminder for us to, to continue on mission. Yes. To preach and the gospel. And it's uh, all that is true. You know, not one person who's appointed to eternal life uh, will not believe. And there's still, this is where there's mystery, right? There's still urgency. Mm-hmm. There's, still, there's still the call and command. Uh, God even works through our prayers and tells us to pray. We want to pray for uh our friends and neighbors who have not yet met Jesus and believe that Jesus to have eyes to see him and hearts that are open mm-hmm. like Lydia in Acts 16 and to be given new hearts, new eyes. We, God works through those prayers and there's still, yeah, there's still an urgency. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's fuel. It's not, um, yeah, it's, it's, that's, what's fueling the, the mission. It's like, I think that's, you know, we, we've maybe talked about this before at different times too, but, if that, if that, um, if this theological concept and idea, you know, predestination election, which we see in scripture, if that ever is like hindering us from having urgency, from, from pressing on to, or even causing us to abdicate our responsibility. For sure. Mission. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the fascinating thing is, right. We learn, we learn those doctrines most clearly through Paul. I mean, he's the one who writes about them most clearly in his letters in mm-hmm. scripture. And he's also the guy that like, he can't, like he, he talks about Corinth, you know, um, there are many people in that city that, that, um, God says are mine. And so he's like, I'm getting there so I can share the gospel with them. It's like, it's, it's fueling, it's always fueling the the activity. It's not this, it doesn't, if it leads to passivity, we've gotten the, that's where like doctrine and mission have to always go hand in hand. Like if we've just got this doctrinal thing and it ever becomes this like, well, 
whoever whoever is going to believe is going to believe. Like that is not how that doctrine's ever used in the next right. right. Ever. That's right. Yeah, it's for it's for assurance, uh, so that we know, yep. hey, we're really saved. It's for worship, leads us to yep. the praise of God's glorious grace, Ephesians one. Yep. It's also for mission. It gives yep. us a boldness of mission. Yep. Uh, Winfield Bevins tells a he he started to believe in these doctrines of grace in the act of planning a church just because he saw people believe. Yeah. Like God like open field tackle that guy. Yeah. That's what happened there. Yeah. You know. Um, I. I think also I want to go back to what you said. Um, so there's things there that we could talk about in the group because the, the studies should look at Acts 13 verse 48 and think about which way we would write that as mm-hmm. Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's think about that. Um, there's something there. Mm-hmm. Also, though, man, I want to go back to your expectations. Like, hey, we want to be able to be knocked down and get up and go. And also... Uh, we see in Acts, sometimes there's a respite. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's, Paul's like, hey, and I stayed here a year and taught people. Yeah. And luckily there wasn't just like, you know, drama every single week or violent persecution every week. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we want to press ahead. And sometimes it can be, we can, I certainly pray for that. Lord, uh, provide a season of strengthening for the Liberty Network or for Mm -hmm. provide a season of strengthening for this one particular church. And then that going back to the beginning of the chapter, let's also then be open to the spirit. When's it time to strike out in faith again? Mm -hmm. When's it time to say, hey, we're going to launch something, try something, send folks out, you know, whatever, whatever the area of, of launching is. Uh, then we, that goes back to the, um, the leading of the spirit yet again. It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. good. It's good, man. Yeah. Any, uh, any closing thoughts, Steve, uh, for Bible study groups as they, as they meet this week, He's sitting in verse 48, um, yeah, serving things together, being on mission. I I would um, ask people in the Lord to pray for the church that there would be the leading of the Spirit, multiple voices. Pray for the leadership. Um, the if the this and also that's something to discern at the group. What are some? Is there something that, that we could attempt as a group um, mm-hmm. and discern that from that direction and. Also, there is a personal aspect. What is my part to play in this grand mission? And uh, Jesus saves us, and then he sends us. It's glorious. It matters. It lasts forever. Everyone's in, not just people with speaking gifts, people whose primary gift is serving. That is precious to God and real. So just know that. And, hey, we all get to obey Jesus and live on his mission together. Good, man. It's good. Steve, thanks so much. Thanks for being with us. Yes. Thanks for uh, setting us up well for our Bible study groups this week. Mm-hmm. And uh, hey, glad to do it. Yeah. Really appreciate you guys. Well, likewise. And it was a joy to be in Harrisburg yesterday. Yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us. We will uh, we'll catch you again next week. Hope you have a great week. See you.